0: Either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open-source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at CrowdSec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service. Accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com.
1: When you left, I was kind of like, "Okay, I think there is something about that." I, I may put my baby Yoda t-shirt on too. Yeah.
2: And just, just for the record, I recorded that. So we're recording. <laughs> I recorded most of it. I have missed a few seconds. Alright,
1: All so right. we are recording. Good. So, a- AppSec,
2: right? That's kind of the main main theme of this, and yeah. And, uh, I I presume risk management is in there and not, not really. Um, are we recording?
1: I can,
3: you know, I can do the spiel for you and we might as well have that on tape.
1: We can just get into it.
3: Let's just just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise
1: you're going to have to do it twice.
3: So it's not really about risk management as much as it is about a rebellion doesn't run on a single Jedi you need As we all know you need more people than that and if we're going to build a world in which we need every developer to pretend to be a fully trained jedi we're going to lose and so what we need is to figure out Not what it means to shift left, but what does it mean to the developer? What does it mean to the engineering team when security starts to elbow left? And when they do that, I think what we need is to be really crisp about what our expectations are. You know, for example, you guys know how to run a podcast. You got a bunch of prep emails and I didn't read them, but I presume they said things like have a good microphone and be set up in a quiet place. Um, and I didn't read it because we've done this before and I felt confident that I was going to be able to come in and execute. But the first time I recorded with you, I probably printed out your prep sheet and checked off item by item. Have I done this so that when I came in, I didn't look like a bozo. I, <laughs> I ended up looking like a bozo anyway, but you, you know what I'm saying? I,
2: I tried not to.
1: <laughs> At least you sounded good. You, did, you sounded right. great.
2: <laughs> well, oh, it's a, it's you. an interesting point because you'd be surprised – how many uh and i love all of our guests of course but you'd be surprised how many arrive ill prepared mm-hmm. and, and, and i will it's not about i'm gonna how, how to put this it's not even so much about them it's the connection with them to the technology and possibly even at the moment that they're trying to connect um the, the, the stress or the pressure perhaps adds a little uh, angst or anxiety to the mix, which makes it even harder c- to connect, right? Well, is it the right mic selected? Or is it, do you have the video on in the right way? Um, are you using the the, uh, the blurring? We well, No, we can't hear you. We can't see you. Is it? Did you give permissions to the browser? There are a number of things that you have to get right. And like you, you said you could kind of pr- print it and prepare and, Try the connection first, or you can just jump on and hope for the best. And ninety-nine times out of a hundred, jumping on and hoping for the best may work. Does <laughs> does for many of our guests, I think. But every now and then, there's one that we can't hear, we can't see, and uh, it's just that that moment where things don't don't line up right.
3: And so, if we're going to do this for security, and things don't line up right. Is that the developer's fault or is that my fault for not having sent over a good prescriptive, clear set of instructions, right? I need you to do these things in order for us to deliver a more secure product and I was reading a paper not too long ago and it said something like the advice to validate input doesn't work, right? You can't just tell developers validate input or let's hope no one says this sanitize your input. I don't know why anyone would try and sanitize things coming off the internet. Have they looked at the internet lately? I mean, it's (laughs) anyway, um, Just saying validate your input is not sufficiently clear that people do what we want them to do. We have to tell them they need to understand the spec. They need to use a recognizer pattern that puts all of the parsing in one place. And then we might have to discuss with them what the trade-off we're making is. And if we do that, then the developer can do what we hope they're going to do. And so what this talk really is about is how do we start to think about what does it mean for us to shift left? What do we need to expect of the people we're going to be sitting next to? How do we come to realistic expectations? You know, I, we've talked about I'm, I'm working on a new book, and I recently cut five pages. It's threats, what every engineer should learn from Star Wars. And I recently cut five pages explaining how to store a password safely. Really liked those five pages. How to store a password safely teaches you about cryptography and brute force and the difference between encryption and hashing. And there's great lessons. But you know what a developer needs to know? Use a modern framework that has a good store password function. All of that stuff is not what every engineer needs to know. And so I wrote it and it's on the cutting room floor. We have to be demanding of ourselves about what we need every engineer to know because we can't show up and say, my five favorite books on shellcode are this, and I want you to read all of them. The developer ain't going to do it, isn't going to learn it, doesn't want to learn what shell code is or why we write it. And so what do I need them to know? Perhaps what I need them to know is that if someone outside of your development team can write an arbitrary byte of memory, you are in for a world of pain. Make sure that doesn't happen. Here's some details about that. But I, I'm in, in this talk. I'm really focused on the question of what do we need people to know, and how do we get that to be crisp and accessible?
1: That's easy, and, uh, Sean. You, you know what we need people <laughs> to know. We we, we uh, need to we need to be fully important. trained, fully trained podcasters as well because we just got into the conversation and I, I love it. I already have a few questions about the reference with Star Wars and uh, Adam uh, conversation that he's having now and and what is gonna have, guess where, a black hat, because we didn't properly do our job to introduce this conversation. So we're gonna flashback now and we're gonna go to the origin story of this, which is that this is the chat one of the chats on the road to Las Vegas, where we're covering Black Hat and DEF CON, and Sean, please do the honor to introduce Adam.
2: <laughs> well, ho- hopefully, folks have heard uh, Adam on the show before. He's been on with Diana as well, uh, as a number of things published, and we've we've spoken about those. Very very big in the risk modeling space, and uh, Adam Showstack is on. And uh, Adam, it's great great to have you back.
3: Well, Well, thank you. And, you know, as you were mentioning Diana, I remember a conversation that I had with her a long time ago in which she told me that there's a literary technique, and I'm blanking on the name and she's going to laugh at me, but there's a <laughs> literary technique where the book opens in the midst of action, and only later on... Do you find out all of that intro stuff? And so I'm just gonna say that we planned this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did. I mean, look, if you, you know, I'm a I'm a Star Wars fan, and you you need a list if you want to l- watch the story in the order that is supposed to be watched. You need a you need a, a book that explains you a manual. <laughs> <laughs> to see where you're flashing back and now we're doing it even more so i think it's become pretty common and uh yeah we planned this so thank you thank you very much for everyone thank you
2: <laughs> well planned, planned or not um we marco and i do know what what is risky or not and we chose to take the risk and keep going we knew how to get things back on track or bring the bring the part into the middle uh, again, but regardless of that, um, seriously though, th- this this topic—I mean, when I saw it, uh, I think Marco flagged it as well. Just the title alone was interesting. Uh, clearly, the the topic is something that uh, I, I care uh, deeply about: application security. And um, when we saw who who was doing it, it was like no brainer—we got to have Adam on to 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 do this and have this conversation. So the the, the session is called. A fully trained jedi you are not it's wednesday the august august 10th uh, that you're you're giving this presentation um you, you've kind of outlined some of the premise uh for i think why you've done this who who do you expect to be in the room with you with as you as you share this is it, is it appsec engineers as a business leader who who's in the room with you for this
3: So I hope there's a few groups. I hope there are AppSec engineers because there's things that we need to do. I hope there are people who are interested in the community and career track because a lot of this relates to how we bring people into our community, right? When they're new... They may not know what they need to know. And so there's a community element, there's a career element of if I want to move towards security, but maybe not fully into it, what do I need to know? And I hope we have executives who can say. Here at the Acme Corporation, we need every developer to know these things so that they can do their work.
1: And I'm glad you said that because w- where you were going with the, with the team, right? Not everybody needs to be the leader. It would be crazy if everybody was a leader in a team because nobody then will execute the job, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a good example. And it's like when you talk about going to space, you, you may see the success with the astronaut that actually landed on the moon, but there were thousands of people that built the rocket, that were sure that the operation room was working, they were trained, the suits and everything. So I, I really can see these applying to that big problem of we want entry-level people that are five years' experience. <laughs> <laughs> right? We, we want you to do a basic job, but you, we want you to be a, a Jedi. And... And we're
3: going to pay you $60,000 a year for your Jedi <laughs> skills. <laughs> That's
1: right. Yeah. Tell me more about that.
3: <laughs> yes. I, I would like to subscribe to your newsletter, but yes, the, <laughs> the ability for people to come into our field and, you know, I haven't actually spoken with her about this, but I'm excited for Stacy Thayer's talk on the dangers of hero culture, that we have this idea, or if we present that you need to be a Jedi to be in cybersecurity, you need to run around with a lightsaber doing all of these things. Well, maybe I don't have the aptitude. Maybe I don't like swinging a sword around. Is that what you need? Is that what we need of everyone who wants to participate in this discipline? And I think the answer is no. We need people with a variety of skills. We need people with leadership capability. We need people to build community, to manage projects, all sorts of things that require... Less technical depth. I, you know, I, I do think that there's value in a technical field in having some familiarity with the technology that we're working on. But we need a variety of people and maybe not all of them respond positively. You know, I, I, I believe I've heard there are people who haven't even seen Star Wars. What's up with that?
2: What, what I What's what's Star Wars? Sorry, <laughs> did, did I miss something? No, it's it's funny how much we we uh, ultimately end up thinking like uh, Adam because you, you mentioned Stacy's talk and it's on our list uh, of things to to get into as well. So hopefully we can get some time with Stacy before uh, before the start of the conference as well. Um, let's talk about the app sec process at the moment. Yeah. Um, and of course, don't give anything away from your from your talk or uh, anything. But how, how do you see for the, for the engineers in the room that they're going to be listening to you? What what can they expect to get from you that day with respect to? Here's how you might want to look at your job differently. Here's how you might want to communicate to your boss differently. Here's how the team might meet differently. Here's here's how you might explore your tool set differently to. Take advantage of the way that you're thinking about this particular topic. So the
3: first thing that an engineer can take away is a tool that is fundamental in instructional design. It's a way of thinking about the knowledge people acquire, and it's called Bloom's Taxonomy, and it goes from being able to remember facts to explain those facts to relate them to analyze them or create new ones and it's not just facts it's skills so i can look at c code and recognize that it's c code or i could write some basic c code or i could make an argument that we want to use Rust rather than Go for this project for these reasons. And as I'm doing this, I'm moving up a skill ladder and I'm applying different skills, more advanced skills. And so Bloom's Taxonomy helps us express what it is people ought to be able to do. And we're taking it from the world of instructional design because we would like to teach people these things that we want them to be able to do. So it's a tremendously useful tool. So, for example, I might want people to be able to remember Stride, a mnemonic for six crucial threats. I might want them to be able to think about some additional threats, such as predictability and parsing. And so I'll be making an argument that that set of eight, maybe nine, 10 um, threats should be the fundamental thing which every engineer should know. And I also want to make the case and I'm packing a bunch in here, I know, Um, I want to make the case that threats ought to be the fundamental unit that we teach engineers to think in. And by threat, I mean the promise of future violence if we don't take action to avert it. So it was threatening to rain. He threatened to beat me up if I didn't give him my lunch money. Um... And I want to focus on threats rather than say cyber war or exploit development or compliance or even risk. Because I think that those threats are motivational. They are the reason that we have these compliance regimes. They are the place in which exploits are put into context and used in war. And so to go back to Bloom's taxonomy, they are the fundamental facts about which I want people to be familiar, with which I want people to be familiar. Good Um, good enough for me. And so those three arguments, one, the frame in which we're going to I think we ought to talk about things with people who are not cybersecurity experts should be threats. We should express those threats and the desires we have for people to act on them in terms of that taxonomy so that we can build meaningful education. And then some very specific, I'm gonna argue for this more than that, Right. I'm going to argue that every engineer does not need to know how to store a password except call the authentication library and say, Sean is trying to log in with this password. And, oh, it's going to go deal with his multi-factor on our behalf. And as as the engineer, I should just know that I don't want to reinvent that wheel.
2: And can can I ask this question, Adam? Um, I'm going to Uh, the. what what you're talking about in in one sense is the environment with which the engineers operate right and and i'm wondering who who gets to select or define that environment who who selects the tools who selects the build process and those those elements and i mean who who says if you have an authentication process here's the collection of libraries you can choose from to, uh, to deliver that piece of, of what you're building. Is it the engineers? Is it their manager? Is it a free-for-all and it just comes together? Because it seems to me that that baseline of the environment is really what sets this to, to be possible.
3: It, it's a great question, and it varies incredibly widely from company to company. There are there are places, you know, Google, for example, pretty famously, you can only check in, I think it's Python, Java, or Go code into their main code repository. At other places that I've helped, there isn't a main repository and there isn't a you can only check in because the developers have flexibility and freedom to make the choices that they feel they should make to deliver business value. How this lands at your organization is going to be up to you. And the reason that I'm putting my answers to this, in a Star Wars gloss is to make it fun. Um, And hopefully people will pick it up for the fun and then get drawn in by the quality of the argument, the fact, the, you know, I I shouldn't say the fact, but my aspiration to be practical, applicable, to address the sorts of questions that a normal engineer might have as they come into security. And so it's my hope the engineers are the ones who are going to define this and we need to feed them the stuff they need to define it well and partner with them.
1: So I'm going to stay in the the Star Wars universe and the Jedi metaphor because even when you are a fully trained Jedi, you may find yourself in trouble, right? I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, you say you don't want to reinvent the wheel. There is a library, you can do that, and it depends on what level you are. But even if you're Obi Wan, you find yourself in trouble sometimes, and you need to kind of maybe reinvent the wheel, maybe go find the Force in different places, right? So my my point is. Where do you feel like you you know it, that you need as a as a developer as a company that develop that you you can't just count on what you have so far because you you need to get you need to reinvent that wheel and I guess it's kind of like at the present time what are the lessons that we learned from the past and what we can expect from the future and how we can stay up to date with that. A little bit more philosophical, maybe,
3: Marco, search yeah. your
1: feelings <laughs> I'm, I'm looking inside right now, sure um, sure the but morning.
3: you know i I do think that part of this is that when someone feels anxiety or doubt, they should respect that feeling and go seek help, and part of this. Is that, you know, I'm reasonably confident that there's no repair on my old car that I couldn't do. If I spent the time and energy to watch the YouTube videos that show me how to take my car apart and put it back together. But I pay somebody else to do that work for me. Mm -hmm. Um... And it, I don't think this limits the value of security people. It gives us a different set of problems to work on instead of having to come in and say, wow, there's, there's no authentication in this code. And it talks across the internet, what's going on? Right? That's a... Maybe that's a thing we can ask of developers in the future. Um, But if we're going to do that, we need to explain to them what authentication is, why it matters more when it's going across the internet, how to do it, what the differences are between authenticating a person and authenticating a computer, and we need to do this in a way that doesn't talk down to them and doesn't require them to, and to be at black hat every year to learn the latest exploit techniques.
2: Is is there, is there still a place for that? Uh, Obviously I I would imagine there is, but just for, for general engineers, is that a way are they inspired by the Jedi? So, I believe
3: that the world is changing with regards to how important cybersecurity is. Ten years ago, I absolutely got people asking me, why do I need to do this security thing? Today? Almost never people people are seeing the effect of not doing this they know they, they get that they've got to do something but what that something is not always so clear
2: and on that on that point um, y- you talk about some numbers in your abstract as well having a thousand people an hour per person is a half person year mm-hmm. for any overhead I presume that's in the context of trying to train up engineers to know security. Right. So that's, that's a big effort. Yeah. A lot of time that to your point of, they may not ask why they may, they rec, they may recognize that they should. Um, but if that's the answer to the question of how to train up all the engineers at that rate, uh, with that cost, the answer is going to be, I just don't have that budget right or or what am i what time am i taking away from the project what what feature am i not implementing because uh, those developers are doing something different so how do how do you work that into the conversation it's a great question and my
3: aspiration is that by writing a book and making it accessible to those engineers That many of them are going to read it for career growth rather than as an assignment at work, and that that will start to spread the word. It's very rare, you know. I I do a lot of training work, and most of what I'm training people on is in my book, in my threat modeling book. Um, No, 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 I can tell you (laughs) this because people don't want to read books in place of training. And so what will this look like? I'm not sure what it looks like when it comes out in corporate training. The thing I'm making the argument for is that we need to move away from your security training as a developer is all about phishing. And maybe... We need to move away from the OWASP top 10 as insufficiently specific. And, you know, no no um, disrespect intended to the people who put that together. But I'm not sure it's the right thing. And so this project, inclusive of the book, inclusive of the talk, this podcast, other things that I'm going to be doing, are all done in the hopes of getting our community to be thinking about what does it mean for every developer to have certain baseline knowledge that we expect them to have. Right, I expect a developer to have some knowledge of debugging, even if that's just putting in printf statements till you figure out what's wrong. Um, or maybe it goes way deeper. I expect every developer today to have some knowledge of git. I'm sorry, but I, I it's just the reality. and git is worse than security. Um, it's incomprehensible. it's magic incantations, and it's easy to shoot yourself in the foot with git. But we expect developers to know that what are the security elements that we expect them to know if you're going to be a professional developer in 2024 so i have my answers but we don't have our answers
2: interesting and you, you use the word bar as the last word in your uh, your abstract and i Talking about meeting the bar, and all I can think of is if it, if you set the bar with the expectation that you want your engineers to jump over it, when in fact they're going to limbo <laughs> underneath <laughs> it, you, you might miss the point of the whole thing, right? And so, it, it, understand the game first, and then and the rules of the game, and then set things accordingly. Is uh, kind of my. My take from all this,
1: yeah. I mean, I, that's that's kind of like. First of all, I'm fascinated by every, every time we talk to you, Adam. You just like I could stay here and listen. Oh, I know. For, for a long time because you always use the right metaphors and forget Star Wars. You got me on that one. But in, in general, <laughs> I like I love the way that you you present these things. And what I got from this and. And then i will be looking forward for for your presentation. Actually, is uh, is the fact that you know don't don't expect too much for the people from the people that don't need to know that much, right? I mean that uh, you are on a level, it's the other level, and then eventually you can grow and grow. And in this way, we can actually manage the lack of professionals in the industry. For example, I mean we made a joke before about about that. This said, I. I'm sure you haven't said everything. There is books. There is your presentation that is called A Fully Trained Jedi You Are Not. And I hope that people will come and uh, participate and then uh, listen to this podcast and then decide that probably they want to know more. And uh, and again, listen to the presentation, which is going to be Wednesday, August 10th at 1120 a.m., and uh, that, of course, is going to be a black Hat 2022. So, Sean, are you excited about this? You want to be you a guy?
2: You know, I'm. I'm always thrilled when we get to, to chat with uh, Adam. I think you nailed it on the head, Marco. I mean, the, the way the way I don't know we're talking over him, sitting in front of us on the screen here, but just the way I will say it to you, Adam, the way you make me think about things, uh, I can I really appreciate. You you, you change my mind on how. How to approach something and how to look at something differently, and not everybody may agree with you. Some people might get pissed that you said, "Oh, was top ten isn't great." Um, I don't have a position on that. So I think maybe maybe the tool was used in the way that wasn't originally intended. Um, the point is, think. Don't just accept what's put in front of you and take it as gospel. Don't take the environment that, uh, th- that you've built over time that may not be working for you any longer because it doesn't suit your needs. For now that you do recognize why <laughs> security is important, reevaluate your environment, reevaluate your team. You're having a hard time finding people. Open your mind to how you can bring in new folks that have a mindset that, uh, that fits in with your goals. And uh, don't, they don't rely on the training. Land the training, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this session, Adam. Thank you for uh sharing a bit of it with us today. And uh, for everybody listening, there will be a link to that session in the show notes. And I think uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and put a link to our, our chat with you, Adam, on uh, your book, Threat Modeling. So, folks interested in that conversation, I think, uh, would find it useful as well as they head to Vegas. Maybe that's a nice podcast to listen to on their way to Vegas to listen to you there live um, so thanks everybody for joining us for this Chats on the Road to Black Hat and DEFCON and uh, stay tuned for many many more conversations uh, coming to you on the way during and on the way
0: back from Vegas thanks Adam thank you